welcome back to the Alliance Podcast, Continuing Conversations. In an effort to recognize various awareness months in the healthcare space, the Alliance Almanac Editorial Board is on a mission to create content dedicated to these causes. In this episode, Alliance Executive Director Kathleen Weiss sits down with Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Neil Rolosa to discuss HIV and AIDS Awareness Month. Learn about the impact of continuing education for a physician in this field and where healthcare CPD professionals can focus when developing CE around HIV, as well as how they can help minimize the risk of the disease. Take it away, Kathleen. Hello, and welcome back to the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. I'm Kathleen Weiss, Executive Director for the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. December is HIV AIDS Awareness Month. In an effort to recognize various awareness months in the healthcare space, the Alliance Almanac Editorial Board is on a mission to create content dedicated to these causes with the help of physicians and fellow healthcare CPD professionals. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Neil Rolosa, a pediatric infectious disease specialist affiliated with the numerous Children's Hospital in Delaware. Dr. Rolosa has medical experience in HIV and infectious diseases, and we're thrilled to have him join us today. Neil, thank you so much for joining us on the Alliance podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm glad to be here and uh, to talk with something that's near and dear to my heart. Thank you. Before diving into our discussion, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your medical career. Sure. So uh, as you said, I am a pediatric infectious disease doctor. Uh, I've been in practice as a pediatric infectious disease doctor for uh, over a decade now. Uh, But my sort of foray into specifically the infectious disease world and HIV actually started prior to me being a, a physician and going to medical school. Um, like maybe a lot of people who are listening, I grew up in the um, early 80s and uh, where the HIV AIDS uh, epidemic or pandemic uh, was just kind of uh, getting its foothold uh, across this country and in this world. And, and really that's where we first started seeing uh, pediatric cases. And so kind of growing up in that sort of and being uh, exposed to that um, as I got older, um, it became some, something of an interest. And it wasn't until I was in graduate school and I heard a, a lecture from a physician who was a pediatric HIV doctor uh, and infectious disease doctor at a hospital in Philadelphia um, that sort of gained my interest. I had no uh, prior experience or anyone that I knew who had HIV or, or, uh, or AIDS. Uh, but something about that kind of clicked with me in terms of something I wanted to dive into. So that was really uh, where I was first exposed, but also was the reason why I I started uh, shifting in terms of thinking about becoming a physician and specifically becoming a a, a pediatric and uh, physician and infectious diseases and really concentrating a lot of my career on HIV medicine. I am the the HIV program director here at Nemours. Thank you. Um, It's interesting how the things that we were exposed to as children, you know, influence our lives as we become a career um, professional. So treating HIV is one of your specialties. Um, you shared a little bit about how you gained expertise in the area, but what is it about the HIV AIDS and particularly working with children that has interested you so much? Yeah, I think, you know, I think if you ask many medical providers and physicians in terms of why they get into medicine, 
uh, right? It's the idea of, of not just providing sort of the, the, the pure medical care or scientific uh, medical care about it, but it's also sort of more holistic in the sense that you want to really affect people um, uh, on all aspects of their life, trying to help them to make their lives better, and not just purely, again, from when we're talking about diseases. And uh, the realm of HIV AIDS really lends itself to that. For us in infectious diseases, a lot of the times when we're dealing outside of HIV with infection, our interactions and our, our um, imprint on patients is temporary and short-lived until you know, uh, the, the, the infection is gone or, or, or cured. But with HIV, um, it is more uh, involved, it's more long-term, and you really can uh, cultivate that relationship with patients. And again, affect them on different, all different levels uh, of their lives. And so for me, it's an avenue outside of the other things that I do in infectious diseases that really uh, hits the mark in terms of why I became a physician. Thank you. So um, for those of you who may not be familiar, um, can you talk a little bit more about some of the facts around HIV? When, when it first came out, when you were growing up, no. it was a death sentence, but it's not really the case anymore. So yeah, you make an excellent point, Kathleen. Like I think when I started, uh, at least again, kind of referring back to when I was was a kid, and the messages and the scenes and the things that we saw, uh, it was a kind of similar to what we talked about in the beginning of the COVID pandemic in terms of as a death sentence, and and um, you know those were dark days, and especially when it comes to pediatrics, those were the days when we were first introduced to to Ryan White. Um, who is a, a iconic figure in terms of HIV, and it really, as as a, uh, as a, as a kid, and, and seeing that, that really hit home. But I think, and I think a lot of people who are of of that generation or my age, still kind of have that in their mindset. And I think what they don't realize is how much uh, what we know and what we can do has evolved. And to your point, that really it's become a chronic disease. Um, similar to how we look at other chronic diseases that affect people, even making comparisons to things like diabetes and uh, high blood pressure and, and, and things like that. And really uh, no longer are those days where we talk about uh, death and doom, but really about trying to you know, live with HIV. And we are at a point where you know, when we're talking about, and we'll talk a little bit, I'm assuming about treatment later, that really we're talking about being able to offer pa patients who are newly diagnosed with HIV or what have you, to be able to treat them with medications that are one pill once a day, or even medications now that we are talking about having injectable therapies that would last two months, six months, and really talking about having life expectancies that are equal to people who are, are not HIV infected or are living with HIV. That being said, the one thing I would do want to you know, make, make a, emphasize is we are still though, uh, even in 2022 in a, in a pandemic with HIV. And that the, while we have done, uh, made great strides in terms of, of, of HIV and HIV prevention, we still have so many people who are infected and so many people who don't realize that they're infected. And that's really one of the big uh, fights that we need to, to kind of work on. Being an Alliance member has its perks. 
From discounts to industry-leading events like the Alliance Annual Conference, to members-only access to the Alliance communities, the Alliance is where healthcare CPD professionals come to learn. Visit acehp.org slash membership to join today. Yes, indeed. Um, and you just mentioned a little bit about treatment. So can we talk a little bit more about that and particularly um, the difference between children and adults when it comes to treatment? Sure. Therapy? Sure. I think, again, if you're of, of around the same age as me and, and think about it, I can remember when there was the uh, Time magazine article that had on the cover, it said the, the AIDS cocktail um, in terms of that was a huge medical advancement in terms of, of things. And to be honest with you, a lot hasn't necessarily changed from when we looked at, at uh, the therapies there. We still are using the same idea of using uh, um, medications, antiviral medications, antiretroviral medications, and using multiple medications to keep HIV well-controlled and, and, and for people to have their HIV virus uh, suppressed in their body. What has advanced though, is that we have many more medications, many more medications that are uh, well tolerated, that have uh, very little side effects and are more resilient when it comes to worrying about resistance um, to those medications uh, of the virus. In terms of pediatrics versus adults or kids versus adults, there isn't a lot of difference. And, and we've bridged that gap because again, when I first started, um, uh, as an adult and, and getting into HIV medicine, the options for children were really limited and, and similar to what we see now, again, with things like COVID and other things, because we didn't have the, um, the, the research and the scientific uh, data to, to say that these are effective and safe in children. But we bridged that gap a lot. There's still a gap to be, uh, to be filled, but we haven't. But as I alluded before, we're, we're at a point when it comes to uh, treatment of HIV, where the medications and the therapies that we have to offer are, are really uh, quite astounding in the time period. We're still looking for that, that very elusive cure, um, and hopefully within the next couple of years, uh, we'll find it. Well, it's still fascinating about how far we've come, even though we still have a long way to go, Yeah, um, for sure. How can, um, switching gears just a smidge here, uh, how does CPD and medical education help primary care and advanced practice practitioners recognize when to refer their patients to such a specialist such as yourself? Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things, right, with, especially if you're practicing as a primary, uh, primary care provider or more of a generalist, right, you have a tough job. You need to think about lots of different things and you can't be an expert in everything. And that's why we have medical specialists and things like that. But it does behoove you, right? To be able to uh, still be uh, educated on uh, the basics at the minimum, but have a good awareness. Um, so you can be able to, to talk with your patients and understand where they're coming from. And also to be able to, then to communicate with specialists and to help the specialist put it in the context of how best when you refer a patient to treat them. So you don't necessarily have to be the expert, but you wanna have a good feel for, you know, when a patient you refer comes to see me, like a person like me and a medical specialist of, hey, this is what you're gonna expect when you talk to that specialist and what you, you're going to see. And I can't answer every question, 
they're going to answer a lot of the questions, but I'm, I'm aware of what's going on and I'm communicating well. And so I think having educational programs, having um, continual education programs that um, uh, augment the, the, the fund of knowledge of, of, of providers uh, is always important. Yes, it is. Um, so the Alliance is a community of, for those in the healthcare continuing professional development space. Um, have you participated in any recent continuing education focus on infectious diseases or HIV in particular? And if yes, can you describe that experience with our listeners? Like, was it in person? Was it virtual? Yeah. Did you have activities and what did you take away from it? You know, again, I've, I've been lucky enough in uh, my my career and, and um, especially again in the last three years during the uh, COVID pandemic where you know, a lot of eyes have turned on uh, infectious disease specialists like me, but I've had an opportunity uh, to not only, you know, uh, do medical care for patients and things like that, but also work on the education part of things and, and, and get out there, both on the end of, of working as a speaker and educator, uh, but also being able to participate and learn myself, because I think that's an important part, because even though sometimes people look at a person like me and say, oh, well, well, they're the expert. I think we're all in a position where we can all continue learning. Um, one of the experiences that I've had recently, we just had our big infectious disease conference, um, uh, which is put on by the Infectious Disease Society of America, um, which is, even though it's called the Infectious Disease Society of America, probably every infectious disease doctor across the globe is a part of the, that society. And our big ID week, which was down in Washington, DC, um, you know, we talk on a number of topics, but a large portion of what we talk about and that we are uh, you know, educating ourselves about is about HIV um, because it's still such a big part of the, uh, you know, the large picture. And so for me, you know, uh, I did it virtually, although I would say I did it virtually because um, more of a logistical thing as opposed to, to COVID. I do think that um, for any of these things that I've participated in in the last three years, um, doing things virtually has to be a part of it. Um, I think we, even in that three, three year period of time have gotten better of, even though we're not in person sometimes when we're doing these things, which is a, a vital part of, of learning and, and educating uh, that we have been able to overcome some of those obstacles. I would love for us to get back in full mode where we don't need to worry uh, so much about uh, uh, you know, the, the things that we have worried about in terms of, of mitigation strategies for COVID. But until that period of time and, and when it is available and when we can do it, uh, virtual learning has been, been great. And I, as again, as a person who's participated as a learner, but also as an educator or, or speaker, um, I've found ways to make sure that it's still uh, vital and, and valuable. So continuing to talk about education, um, are there areas where you feel that healthcare CPD professionals should be focusing on more around HIV and infectious disease when they're developing their CE? Again, I keep on drawing on the COVID pandemic because I think it has taught us so many lessons. And I think one of the things that we all experience or have had to deal with is about the, the dissemination of information. And unfortunately, sometimes disseminated of, of, of misinformation and, uh, and uh, uh, misconceptions and, and, 
things like that. And, you know, I, I think it's incumbent up for us as, as medical providers, as health professionals, to make sure that we are well-educated, that we are, are um, you know, have the facts and know um, the, the information, and particularly when it comes to infectious diseases that are causing pandemics, whether it be COVID or whether it be HIV, um, to, to be able to talk about. So like we already talked about, I think it's important for medical providers to have a good base and have that, uh, that background, not necessarily have to be the be all end all expert on things so that they are able to not only communicate with the, the patients, uh, the people that they care for, but also with each other in terms of other medical professionals and, and health professionals to be able to, to discuss. And so having educational sessions that, that do that, uh, like we've already referred to, is an important part of it. Like what you hear on the Alliance podcast? Visit almanac.acehp.org to read the latest continuing professional development news and insights. Visit today to get informed and inspired. According to, uh, speaking about information here, according to HIV.gov, social, economic, and demographic factors can affect a person's risk for HIV. How can the medical community, both physicians and healthcare CPD professionals, make an impact in minimizing the risk of HIV for underrepresented groups? I think, again, it's, it's all about um, education and, and knowledge and arming yourself with understanding uh, the populations that are uh, disproportionately affected by uh, diseases like HIV, right? And I think when we look again at things like COVID and seeing the social uh, and health disparities that we see related to uh, race, ethnicity, socioeconomics, uh, even uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, HIV, uh, gender and, and sexual orientation, and uh, specific types of culture. We need to arm ourselves with uh, understanding those populations and understanding their perspective and where they're coming from um, and doing it in a, a genuine way and understanding how with that knowledge that is going to affect how we um, uh, interact with those patients, how we treat those patients, uh, making sure we are not falling victim into uh, furthering those, those disparities and those, those gaps and really making sure that we are providing, like we've talked about, education and information that is um, consistent, that addresses those issues and not kind of sweep them under the rug and forget about them. For sure. Um, from your perspective then as a physician, what are some steps our listeners can take, both professional and personally, to raise awareness about HIV and AIDS? I think there's uh, one, I think one of the easiest ways is, is to make sure, again, that your medical practices are consistent with what is the established thing. And you made re reference to governmental website, the, the one that I think most HIV providers uh, refer to is uh, hivinfo.nih.gov, which is a wonderful resource in terms of, which is, is uh uh, run and, and produced by the Department of Health and Human Services and NIH as, as in, it's in their, their website address. It is a wonderful resource in terms of, of keeping up to date uh, on issues that, uh, and medical issues and guidelines of, of HIV and, and really 
um, digging into that, being familiar at least where that website it is and where you can get that information. Again, no one is probably looking for you to be a HIV expert unless you're an HIV doctor, but those are great resources to look at. CDC, which is also part of it, another great resource to, do, uh, to, to doing that. I think the other thing is if you genuinely have an interest, um, reaching out to, to, to people who are in the field like myself, um, you know, the HIV community, uh, specifically here in places like uh, Delaware and other major metropolitan areas that are affected with um, uh, HIV uh, or have a large population of HIV. There are going to be organizations, communal organizations that involve not just healthcare prof professionals, but also, uh, and medical professionals, but community leaders, uh, people from all different um, aspects of, of society that are participating in, um, maybe not necessarily becoming a engrossed member of those, those kind of organizations, but at least be, again, being familiar with them, knowing how to contact them, knowing uh, how to utilize them as a resource and getting information. I think all those things as, as health professionals, as, as medical providers, uh, we can do in, a, in the bare minimum in terms of, of helping with HIV and AIDS awareness. Well, thank you so much today for joining in today's discussion. Um, as we come to a close, do you have any final words of wisdom to share with our listeners, Neil? Sure. You know, again, we're doing this because we have um, December being HIV AIDS awareness, as, as Kathleen, you brought up. And I, I think um, uh, that's exactly um, what we should be thinking about. You know, again, I'm, I'm biased and jaded that for me, uh, HIV AIDS awareness is not a month, but, um, you know, a, a, a per, per, perennial thing that I'm thinking about and trying to do. But if you can take the time, at least during the month of December, to think about a lot of the things that we've already discussed and how they might impact uh, not only your professional life and how you practice, but also your personal life and, and the things that um, uh, are around you. I think, again, the COVID pandemic has helped us I realize that things that we have lived with, like a 40-year HIV pandemic, um, still has its its place in our thoughts and in our in our in our in our actions, and we need to do that. So, if you're able to do that uh, during the month of December, um, that would be great. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time. You have a fantastic day, and thank you all to our listeners for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay updated on future releases. In the meantime, we invite you to access our wealth of continuing professional development content on the Almanac at almanac.acehp.org. Until next time.